everyone, and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage startups in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearlie, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Georgia Branch, co-founder of Sydney-based hemp and CBD firm Trichomia, which has two major brands to its name, Hemp Oils, Seeds and Supplements brand Hempel, and hemp-based snack fruit brand Soul Seed. Trichomia was launched in 2017 with Hempel, and Soul Seed recently launched its first snack product earlier this year. Now, Georgia has also been named as one of the leading entrepreneurs in the region in the prestigious Forbes 30 Under 30 2019 list for Asia. So, Georgia, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Just to get things rolling on an interesting note, what exactly has being listed on this uh, Forbes 30 Under 30 list entailed for you? And like, what has this meant um, individually and well for the company as well? It was absolutely such a huge honour to be named as one of the 2019 Forbes list makers. There's thousands of people who apply across Asia and only 300 people who make the list in in different categories. So um, for me personally, I was just absolutely chuffed that um, I was recognised. But for the company, it was more so a great way for us to get some more awareness out about what we're doing as two different brands um, and the way that we're trying to shake up hemp and health foods and the wellness industry here in the Asia Pacific. So yes, so congratulations for that. And and I, for one, would really like to find out more about like, you know, why hemp and why CBD for you? Because um, I understand that the regulations for hemp were only just changed for it to be accepted as a food in 2017 in Australia, I think, and even more recently last year for New Zealand. So it's a very sort of like young industry. So didn't you see it as something of like a risk or a leap of faith when starting a company solely focused on hemp, basically, in light of, light of this? For sure. Um, I think that what was really exciting for us was that it was such a blue ocean. There was so much space for new brands to emerge and to really make a mark in something which is hopefully going to become a very growing food trend. So we love hemp basically because it's something which is incredibly powerful not only as a health food but it's something which can really make an impact and help to change the world it's the only plant in the world that can feed you house you clothe you and heal you so it's very special um it's also something from a sustainability perspective um which can provide a great alternative protein. So it's a high protein, high in good fats, super seed that can really help to feed the planet. So while this is very new in Australia and New Zealand, hemp has been part of culture and part of the food chain and and also part of medicine for thousands and thousands of years in the world. We just had this little blip in history with the war on drugs starting, you know, earlier in the 1900s which limited the propagation of this amazing crop. So, you know, we're very excited that the hemp renaissance is here and that we can educate people and um, have people experience 
all the different elements of this plant. So when it comes to food, obviously we were focused with soul seed, but when it comes to, you know, the wellness and um, healing powers of hemp, that's really where we're playing with hemp all. Well, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool way to put it. I think the hemp renaissance. <laughs> I never heard it put that way before. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, like maybe for like some of the more uninitiated into this whole hemp and CBD industry, would you be able to run through like the hemp regulatory scene in Oceania mm-hmm. and maybe also in like the ape the rest of the Asian region for us? Yeah, I can give you a little bit of an overview. So, basically, hemp foods are legal here in Australia and also in New Zealand and that's quite a recent development. Before that, hemp seed-based products were only allowed as cosmetics, so body scrubs and um, in face oils and things like that. Um, In China, for example, um, hemp has been or hemp foods have been legal for, you know, eternity. China was one of the places where hemp has been revered as a superfood and wellness supplement for thousands of years. There's records that go back um, in Chinese medicine to hemp being used 5,000 plus years ago, which is really quite cool. And they're one of the biggest manufacturers of uh, hemp foods. And then it becomes quite regionally specific. So um, in Thailand, for instance, they're just just changed their regulations to have medicinal cannabis um, as something which is legal. Also in Australia and New Zealand, medicinal cannabis is legal, um, but it's not uh, widely available without a prescription. So you can't go and get CBD products or um, THC-based products, which is the psychoactive element in um, cannabis, but it's also something which is used as a um, medical treatment at a health food store or at a dispensary like you might be able to in America or the UK. So it, it, it is country specific and um, there are still some other countries in, in the region, for instance, Malaysia, which don't even allow hemp seed based mm. products um, as part of uh, the grocery section in, in your supermarket. In line with these sort of like regulations, like what are some of the major challenges that you face because of these in line with these and, you know, with setting up the companies and with keeping them going? Absolutely. I think The biggest challenge um, is not so much a regulatory challenge. I think it's more so about customers. So it's really confusing as a consumer to understand what is and isn't available uh, to buy. So basically, there's a lot of publicity, particularly about CBD. It can be used in everything from epilepsy to helping manage daily stress and anxiety. You can use it topically to reduce pain and inflammation. So It's something which is getting very, very popular in the Northern Hemisphere. There's a lot of noise about this. People like the Kardashians are using these products. So obviously with globalization and social media, everybody's seeing that this is something which is available. And and if people are managing stress and anxiety, they're in high-pressure jobs, they're like, oh, this could be something that could really help me to improve my mental health, as Mm -hmm. an example. But then they go to buy something and it's not necessarily available in their region or their preferred brand won't be able to ship to their region and then people get very, very confused. Mm. So it's very stressful, I think, for a a customer and very confusing for a customer. This is something which I think we've had a lot of trouble with because there's a huge amount of interest, particularly in Australia, with people looking to buy these products. But unfortunately, 
it's not something which you can go down to your local health food store and pick up off the shelf. Why did you feel the need to set up Soul Seed in addition to Hempo, you know, as a snack brand? Like, what are some of the differences you've seen between running these two brands and some of the different challenges? So Soul Seed's a bit of a funny story, actually, because we were invited by Cole Supermarkets to pitch Hempel as part of their health foods range review um, about a year and a half ago. And when we were talking to them before the review, it just felt as though Hempel and the product format, which was previously foods, wasn't the right fit for the supermarket shelves. You know, it was, we had kind of bulky tins and it was quite an expensive product because um, – of the, the different packaging and the product formats and things like that that we were using. And we've just thought to ourselves, you know what, this isn't going to work in supermarket. We need something which is a lower price point, um, something that people can experiment with if they're not new to the category. If they're new to the category, they can um, buy the product without needing to spend $30, $40 on a product, which was the price point that Hempel was at. So it's, it's much more orientated towards a supermarket customer who may not be as familiar with the health trend of hemp, whereas Hempel is much more so um, targeting somebody who uh, has probably done a little bit more of their own research and is looking for a premium uh, hemp product. Mm. And we think that it could be a great uh, product mm. that we can move into different markets because convenience is such a big category and such a big focus for retail at the moment. The main challenge for SoulSeed is just maintaining relevance, continuing with product innovation in food, making sure that our packaging really stands out on shelf because most of the decision in terms of buying food is made when you're in the aisle. Um, I don't know what you're like, but I'm such an impulse shopper, particularly in that health food aisle. And I'll just look around and go, oh, that looks like something interesting and new. I'll give that a go. So we really need to capitalize on that. Um, curiosity. Coming from like a more personal perspective, I'd like to ask like, you know, you've, it seems like there were really a lot of things, a lot of different challenges you had to go through to get to where you are now. So, you know, what has kept and like keeps you going despite all of these different things? Yeah, I saw this very funny meme today that said that running a business is like riding a bike, except the bike is on fire <laughs> the road is on fire and you're on fire. And I just thought that was so funny. Um, it does definitely have its ups and downs. I think what keeps me and obviously the team going is just that we've got this mission really, which is about bringing these wellness products into the market and actually genuinely making a difference in people's lives. So what the most validating thing is, is when we see people write reviews about our products, which say, that they've, you know, absolutely transformed their ability to get a great night's sleep, which has made them more productive and, you know, less snappy with their husband and have more time for the kids. You know, that that is such a heartwarming thing to read and it makes you just continue to want to innovate new products which can help people to feel this way. There's nothing more exciting and encouraging than that. So that's definitely what keeps me going. And I think, you know, you also get a little bit... Um, you know, it's quite an exciting space to be in. It's very dynamic. It's changing all the time. I love the fact that the regulatory framework isn't really clear cut and straightforward. It always presents different challenges. But at the same time, if you can weather that storm and um, continue to grow your market share and look at new channels that you can be working in and 
be very creative with your marketing to reach people despite the fact that, you know, you can't do your normal Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising. That also presents some pretty cool challenges and it just makes you challenge yourself in a professional sense, which is always a nice thing to do. I think the worst, um, the worst thing for me would be to be in something which was the same thing over and over every day um, or something which felt really easy and boring. I love um, trying to overcome different challenges. So I guess this is a good place for me to be working. So right, that brings me nicely into my next point here, actually, which was like, you know, where do you see, well, first yourself as an individual and also, you know, the companies in the next 12 months and the next five years down the line? Gosh, um, I think with the companies, like my, my key goals for the next 12 months is to get into two big retail chains. So that would be our key goal. For me personally, gosh, that's a big question. Um, I think for me personally, I am very keen to share and meet more people. So something that I want to do, which is on a personal and professional level, is to do more events where I can bring people together and particularly women together to talk about um, hemp and cannabis and how it can uh, contribute to their life. So I really want to start that sharing culture and community around hemp and CBD and and also help me make some friends. So well, sounds be, cool. Sounds cool. But yeah, yes, so like you know, kind of a more personal goal. Hmm. It might be a little bit obvious, but you know, like why women in particular with regard to hemp and CBD? Women can get a lot of um, benefit from hemp and CBD. I also think obviously it relates very well to men, but I think as a brand, Hempel is more orientated towards women. Most of our customers are women, about 75% of our customers are women. Um, just na- naturally, women are typically a little bit more empathetic. And obviously, I'm, I'm generalizing here. <laughs> but the, you know, when it comes to things like stress and anxiety, um, but also um, female-specific conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis and the pain associated with that, there's a lot of benefits for CBD. Um, also, from a sex perspective, Uh, women can get a lot of benefit from uh, topical application of CBD to increase blood flow and sensitivity in um, the bedroom. So there's lots of things within the cannabis plant that can have specific benefits towards women. And I love, you know, networking with other women, other female entrepreneurs, of course, but um, just getting to know women within my community. And I think that I can really contribute and share my personal experiences more so with women, I guess. What are some of the things that you wish you had known when you first started out? Fully understanding the Facebook marketing regulations around CBD products and hemp products. Um, So Facebook doesn't allow for any ingestible CBD and hemp products to be marketed on their platform, but they do allow for topical products. Um, So using I wish we'd done a couple of topical products earlier in the piece so that we could have taken advantage of that marketing platform because it's a great way to acquire customers. Um, And obviously, once you've acquired the customer, then you can uh, communicate with them and and introduce them to new products, which you may not be able to advertise on that platform. And probably a packaging perspective. So we've always been really excited about packaging and we love having really unique bottles and um, tins and things like that, but it always presents its very specific challenge around being able to brand that packaging, get labels for that packaging, um, lead times for packaging. So if I was giving anybody advice, if they're starting out, go on to, you know, pack lane or whatever and try and find out what their basic formats are that they have uh, for 
you know, outer case packaging, shipper packaging, so that you're not trying to create something which is going to have to be a custom bespoke design, which is going to cost you way more money and take way more time to develop. All right, very good. So yeah, along those lines, I think that's um, that's a perfect lead in again to my next question, and which is um, what is what advice do you have for those out there trying to like set up a company or go in the same direction you have, or you know try to trying to go into the hemp and CBD market per se? I would definitely find some mentors and some people that can give you advice. If you're starting up a company um, and you've got a great idea, pitch it to people. There's a lot of people with this to help you navigate um, the framework and, and make introductions to relevant distribution channels and, and, and help you get things set up. Then once you've got those people on board, always listen to them because Often you can think that you know better and that you've been researching something and you've got this great idea and they just don't understand. Trust me, they're probably right, so listen to them. The other thing I would say is, yeah, definitely try and keep it as simple as possible when it comes to packaging. Try and find, um, you know, try and make formulations with people that you um, really trust and that will do short runs for you. A lot of manufacturers only... Um, allow you to do minimum runs of 10,000 units or something like that. So you can invest a lot on a product that isn't proven. So, you know, request a lot of samples, pay extra to get the samples done, test it with your um, friends, family, people within your target market and make sure that you've got the right product market fit before you um, commit to doing to doing big runs of um, products. That would be my other uh, piece of feedback. And you know, just because you get a distributor on board or one retailer on board and they put in a big opening order, don't forecast based on that one opening order. Always wait for three months before you start committing to bigger runs um, so you've got some proper trading history. Well, so those are some, so those are some very, very <laughs> detailed suggestions. <laughs> okay, thank yeah. you so much, Georgia. So um, on that note, um, that was my last question. So thank you so much for joining me today, Georgia. It was lovely speaking to you. I've really enjoyed talking to you today and... Um, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for having me on. It was very nice to have you here. And yes, so thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to this podcast as well. And um, for Food Navigator Asia, this is Pearly signing out.